Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sources Minor League Podcast. I am Steve Seiper, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing this week? Doing all right. Sam, doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. I wow. hate this weather, which I complain about every year around this time. <laughs> I, it's not good weather. I will take the cold and the snow over this humid hellhole any day. If you like summer, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know if there's anyone out there that enjoys, like, 90% humidity. They're out there, Steve. Really? These these people exist who like humidity. I I think they're nuts. I mean, like, there's people out there that prefer heat to cold, which I can understand. Like, there's a case to be made. But normally when people talk about, like, good hot weather, it's kind of like, well, like Arizona, whatever, where it's, it's like a dry, dry heat. heat. Right, not, again, It's 110 90%. degrees, but it's a dry heat. Great, <laughs> wonderful. I feel so much better now. It's refreshing. It's good for you. Good for the bones. Um. Anyway. Well, horrible humidity is actually related to promote extent trade, in a way. So that's kind of a good segue, I guess, but... On today's date, back in 1821, the Kingdom of Spain ceded the territory of Florida to the United States. Can we get it back? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it has become the armpit of America, but at the same time, it has given us the legend of Florida Man. So I googled uh, a couple of Florida Man incidents from, uh, you know, today's date and a couple of uh, couple of over the course of a couple of years. So what Florida man stories are we going to promote, extend, or trade? These are just the headlines. Uh, I mean, 
I'm sure there's more interesting details if you uh, would actually go into the stories. But first one up, first headline is Florida man arrested after reporting cocaine stolen, deputies say. <laughs> Next is Florida man steals alligator from golf horse, tries, quote, teaching it a lesson, end quote, by throwing it on roof of bar. What? And last one. <laughs> I don't know. And last one is a 71-year-old Florida man tied a gun to a weather balloon to fake his own murder. Police say. How would that fake his own murder? I'm not really sure. I believe that he wanted it to look like it was a murder, so he could leave insurance money to people when it was actually a suicide. Hmm. I, I just vaguely I remember it had something to do with insurance. Uh, not Maybe scanning, he's gonna get off the grid. Yeah. Huh. I wanted to say something like, you know, you know that that SpongeBob scene where Patrick is the inner machinations of my mind are <laughs> an enigma. <laughs> but and and then compare that to Florida man. But I honestly feel like that's insulting to Patrick. The Florida man is an enigma. For sure. You don't think Patrick would steal an alligator from a golf course and try to teach a lesson by throwing it on the roof of a bar? Uh, that's maybe <laughs> the most plausibly Patrick one, but the the, <laughs> the others don't make any sense. What, I like the, reporting your cocaine stolen is very funny to me. Uh huh. Because you're just I mean, like, yeah, this thing got stolen, and they're probably like, oh, let's help. What is it? Well, <laughs> actually, never mind. Okay, so what, what's your address? Where are you located right now? We'll be right there. <laughs> what's the uh, – I always mess this quote up. What's the What's the Batman quote at the end of Dark Knight? It's the hero the city needs or not, not the one it deserves but the one it needs right now, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case, uh, Florida Man is the hero that our society deserves. Mm. <laughs> Certainly not the one we need. No, we don't, we, don't really des- we don't really deserve any better. <laughs> no, we don't deserve anyone that would tie a gun to a weather balloon to fake their own murder. I like how he thinks murderers, murderers famously get rid of guns that way. Yes, obviously. Like, oh, I'll just do what every other murderer does. Tie the, <laughs> tie the gun to, the, to a weather balloon and let it float away. But actually, right, I think about wrong. that's... It's- Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't need to clear. I got the Batman quote wrong because I'm an idiot, but that's okay. It's interesting. It's actually an interesting way to uh, get rid of the murder weapon. I mean, it was it was his own murder, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But if you are a murderer, <laughs> I mean, tying the 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 murder weapon to a weather balloon and just letting it float away is. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it yeah. works out for him. I mean, it's better than just, like, dumping in a river or something like that, you know? I know that it is in Florida. There's so many fucking rivers for you to dump it in. Like, they're never going to find it. With his luck, though, it'll get eaten by an alligator that a guy then snatches and throws onto the roof. To teach what if it's, like, a three-pronged story of the same guy, right? <clears throat> Where, angry that he lost his cocaine and thought it was stolen, he kidnaps an alligator and throws it on the roof of his bar who coughs up the water balloon, not the water balloon, the weather balloon murder weapon. Huh. It's plausible. 
We're through the looking glass is what I'm saying. It It's Florida, so it's possible. I ask again, <laughs> can we give it back? <laughs> I don't think they want it back at this point. <clears throat> no, it's all it's going to be gone in like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another 50 years if not sooner at this rate, so well, good riddance because yeah, and nothing of value was lost. Yeah. The Marlins. Not even Disney World. Disney World, uh, my other hot take here is Disney World is incredibly overrated. I always have fun when I go to Disney. I've only been twice though. I never never understood the appeal. But I'm a curmudgeon. This is long established, you know. The Star Wars stuff is really cool. Okay, I will admit I want to go see the Star Wars stuff. The I've Star Wars stuff it. is really you, cool. You have re-peaked my interest. Well, you've got 50 years before it's submerged, so. <laughs> yes, yes. Get on that. I think I'm down. I got my, I have uh, my Ahsoka debut count. It's like 40 days now. I'm just waiting. Just waiting. I know, I know you're not into that, Steve. That's okay. I am not. Well, I guess we can all agree that every Florida man needs to be extended because they bring us nothing but. Oh, yeah. I forgot the whole premise of our discussion <laughs> here, honestly. that's. I don't even want to trade any of them. This I know. That's what I'm saying. They all, <laughs> get, they all get extended because they bring us great joy. But so I, I don't know. That, I almost feel the op- – you ever, you ever been in a fantasy league with people that you are obviously – better than and you know more than and then you're talking trades with them for whatever reason and they're willing to do something that's so incredibly stupid you feel bad and you don't want to do it that's how i'd feel trading any florida man (laughs) no one deserves this no one deserves this well speaking of no one deserves this i guess this is a bad time to uh go over how the mets teams did this week and just in general on the, over the course of the season this year, because it's, for the most part, not great. Yep. Well, Syracuse Mets played Rochester Red Wings, a uh, quick weekend series, because of the All-Star break and everything. Uh, they lost on Friday, they won on Saturday, and they won on Sunday. So they won the series 2-3, I mean, excuse me, 2-1. Their record is now 4-11 and in the second half. And they play the Buffalo Bisons this upcoming week. They've played two series against them so far, one last month and one in May. And Syracuse has a losing record against them, 5-7. and seven. So maybe Syracuse is able to add a couple more wins to the column this, this upcoming week. Binghamton Rumble Ponies, they played the Somerset Patriots. They won one game. They lost one game. And the rubber game is starting right now as we record. So obviously the winners going to be up in the air but either way um Binghamton so far now is 4-9 in the second half obviously they're going to stay under 500 win or lose this last game and are they uh home or away today this week they are home okay we'll see if they actually are able to play the whole game with the weather yeah. going through um they play the Erie Seawolves this upcoming week the first time uh it's the Detroit Tigers double-A affiliate. The Brooklyn Cyclones are playing the Greensboro Grasshoppers, which is the Pittsburgh High A affiliate. It's the first time they played each other this, this season. And same thing like Binghamton. They're playing the last game of the series right now as we speak. Um, I, Cyclones think delayed. Hmm? I think the game got delayed. Oh, did it? Okay, I well. I think so. Because yesterday I know it got delayed a little bit. 
Yeah, I know that the game was started. It was supposed to start at one o'clock, and then they pushed it to the afternoon. So I don't know if they're actually starting yet or not. But either way, hopefully they get the game in. Cyclone won both of the other games on Friday and Saturday, so the Cyclones won the series regardless of the outcome today. If they end up getting to play today, um, the Cyclones are 13 and four in the second half. And they are going to be taking on the Hudson Valley Renegades, the Yankees affiliate, this upcoming week. St. Lucie, they played the Jupiter Hammerheads. They actually played four games, not three, um, because they had a doubleheader on Friday. So they won both parts of that doubleheader. They won the game on Saturday, and they lost the game on Sunday today. So they took three or four from Jupiter. And St. Lucie finds themselves 6-12 and 12 on the season, second half of the season. And this upcoming week, they're going to be playing the Palm Beach Cardinals. And Palm Beach is just 3-13 and 13 in the second half so far. So maybe St. Lucie is able to uh, add a couple of wins with a strong series against them. The only team that's worse than them. And finally, the FCL Mets. And they are... What are they? I actually didn't write it down. I believe they're 16-9 and nine on the season. That sounds about is, right. Which is pretty good, yeah. Let's see. FCL Mets are, yes, they are 16 and 9 on the season. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so um, that's that. And we're still dealing with the with the fallout from the 2023 draft. And um, you know, That makes it sound so dire. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It is. Well, this is a dire situation for the Mets farm system here. A uh, couple of players signed. Well, more than a couple of players signed. Uh, quite a few players signed. So we're going to go over that first. Uh, starting at the top, and we'll talk about, you know, monetary values and, and the implications of all this stuff in more detail in a little bit. But their first round pick, Colin Houck, uh, shortstop from Parkview High School in Georgia. He signed for... $2,700,000, which is basically $140,000 over slot value. 
Then number two pick, right-handed pitcher from University of Florida, Brandon Sprout. He signed for one million four hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars and five hundred, excuse me, um, which is exactly slot value for his pick. Both of their third-round picks, because they had two, um, pitcher slash infielder slash outfielder Nolan McLean from Oklahoma State, and right-handed pitcher Cade Morris from the University of Nevada. They both signed, and they signed for slot value. So McLean is going to be getting $747,000, and Morris is going to be getting $666,000. Both of their free agent compensation round picks uh, signed as well. First one, A.J. Ewing. He's a shortstop from Springsboro High School in Ohio. He signed for $675,000, which is about $200,000 over the slot value. And second pick, uh, University of Missouri shortstop Austin Troser. He signed for $350,000 which is about uh, 125000 less than the MLB assigned slot value. Um, their sixth-round pick, University of Illinois right-hander Jack Weniger, he signed for $225,000, which is about 75000 less than slot value. Their seventh-round pick, USC right-hander Noah Hall, signed for basically $175,000, which is... Um, a little less than the slot value of 235000 Next is Shop's shortstop, Brandon Barrow. He's their eighth-round pick. He's from Capistrano Valley High School in California. And he signed for $700,000, which is about $500,000 over the uh, MLB slot value of uh, $192,000. Next uh, is third baseman Nick LaRusso. He is their ninth round pick out of the University of Maryland, and he signed for $50,000. So that's about $125,000 less than the MLB slot value of $175,000. And Chris Prejean, the catcher from Stetson that they drafted in the 10th round, he also signed for $50,000. So again, the same thing. Uh, that's about $125,000 less than the slot value. Um, in addition to those guys, we also have two signings that we don't have financial details yet. Uh, first stop is shortstop Jake Zatella, their 16th round pick from St. Charles East High School in Illinois. He stated publicly that he's for, foregoing his commitment to um, University of Illinois and he's signing with the Mets, but we don't have any details there. And the other one, not Technically a draft pick, but there may be some impact with their signing bonus pool um, with this player is Dakota Hawkins, who is an undrafted free agent that the Mets signed. Um, He's a senior. He went to Lower Columbia Community College, and then he went to Washington State University. He has a cumulative 485 ERA and 144.2 innings, um, split basically half and half as a starter and a reliever. A couple of teams are interested in signing him after the draft. Mets are one of them, and they, they made him an offer, apparently, that blew everyone else's offer out of the water by, like, a factor of 10. But it was a clerical error, and the Mets reneged on the offer. But then they got back to Hawkins, and they said they would give him what they offered, um, which is a low six signing figure, uh, a low six uh, figure signing bonus. So 
we don't know the details, but if they give Hawkins anything over $150,000, that counts towards their signing bonus pool. I doubt that they give him more than $150,000, but the Mets already screwed up once here, so who knows? I'm sure that's why the all that clerical error stuff happened, is they probably... They would because the, there's old rules that like there was a limit and now there's less of a limit, so they probably messed up the limits and rules. To be yes, honest, yeah. can the Mets just... can the Mets be normal for five? <laughs> Why can't you just be normal? Ah! Good question. Back seat. Thank God. All right, so a lot to digest there. Obviously, the biggest name, the biggest monetary monetary amount, whatever, is uh, Colin Houck. We heard yep. whispers that he was asking for quite a bit of money, potentially like $4 million or so, which would have been basically double the slot value, and that that maybe was why he, he dropped. Um, but he ended up signing basically for slot value, um, you know, $140,000 over it, which is basically nothing, you know? Yeah. It's I'm a little surprised. Yeah, yeah that is a very surprising. Mostly I'm, because I'm he was just that. Yeah. he was just considered a bigger prospect in this class than that. Yeah, uh, I mean I don't have it in front of my face, but he was aggregate about twenty to twenty five in most of the yeah um, most of the pre draft listings. I think there might have been one that had him at like sixteen. That's what I was going to say. I think I've even seen him peak in the mid-teens. So. Yeah, but for the most part, he was like 20 to 25. So it's Dropping down fine. 10 is, yeah. Like, it, it's still, I still think it's a good pick at the spot. It's just a little less exciting. Okay, we're, you're, you're, it's basically telling us what the market was, right? And it turns out that no one was willing to pay him Four million bucks. I also think other people fell like in that area. <clears throat> so if other people were floating other guys, then he just kind of falls through the cracks a little bit, you know, which also says to the market, like you were saying. I, I think also is a, a factor here is that this is considered one of the deepest drafts in history, largely due to a lot of post-COVID effects in terms of, like, guys didn't go to school, and right? So there's an argument maybe that why pay a premium for this guy when you can draft another one and pay them less or pay them a similar amount. It, it's a weird draft for the economics in, ter- in, in, in that regard. Again, I, I don't think this – this doesn't mean it was a bad pick. I think it's the Mets benefited from all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, the – He's the same player we talked about last week, right? It's still really high upside, really big risks, and a profile that the Mets have not recently done well with. It's all still true. Could work out really well. Could flame out horribly. Could do something in between. We really just don't know at this point. Um, and they didn't. It's it's they didn't do something incredibly stupid. They got something interesting. I'm I'm mostly fine with it. It's back to the development questions now, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't complain about 
how I, I can't complain about him being drafted. I can't really complain about uh, anything else that happened in the draft, how it all turned out. Steve, we can complain about everything if we try hard enough. Well, that, I mean, it, yeah, if, if I want to. If I want to, I can. I mean, you're giving, let's see. You're giving Cade more slot value. What are you doing? You can save money there, and instead you give him slot value. If I wanted to complain about that, I could. But you know what? I'm not going to. I like Cade Morrison. The one they, they've not signed the guy. God, I'm uh, for some reason I can't get the the picks to names to stick in my head this year. I couldn't tell you why. Um, Thornton, they haven't signed yet. Like that's the that's the only one I'm paying attention to because he's probably the mid round arm they got that I like the most. Um. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on that. I'm assuming he's going to sign, but I, I hope they didn't mess something up here. Yeah, I so think... far, the only names that they did not, not sign is the fourth rounder, Wyatt Hodapole, fifth rounder, Zach Thornton, seventh rounder, Noah Hall, and then everyone else is uh, past round 10. I think the one thing that I'm a little surprised about with Hauk being so relatively inexpensive just being a little over a slot is that they didn't i thought they were drafting with the idea that he was going to be more expensive mm-hmm. they could have taken a bit more of a a bigger swing at because they still went safe i i think this draft not that it's doesn't have its merits and not that it doesn't have a clear plan that could get them something that that could get the team a lot of use with bullpen arms or maybe a few of these guys become starters what have you but they still went really safe after considering that um, <clears throat> Hauk was only a little over slot. I feel like this is a draft that you make when Hauk is very over slot. That's the only thing that I was confused about when Hauk signed. Everything else was fine, though. Like, it's still fine on its merit. It's still way better than what they used to do. It was just a little surprising that they went so safe with their with their drafts and with signability and stuff like all these guys are going to be easy to sign. I think even the ones who haven't signed yet. So they had a little more money to throw around because the extra picks and I'm surprised they didn't use it as much, but like they they went over slot on Barrow. Yeah. Barrow got 500,000 over slot and Ewing, the other prep got about 200. They made made like more modest prep swings rather than one big one. And yeah, have, that that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, where I think you could have been a little riskier if you're going to go as safe as they did with the rest of the draft. Not that the going safe is a bad thing. I don't think it is, especially with how the Mets system is. But I, it, it was just interesting to me. Not that it's mm-hmm. good or bad. I don't know if I have an opinion on that yet, if it's good or bad. But I found it interesting. Let's see. Probably should have done this earlier, but I didn't because I don't know. So they saved trying to see how much they have right now saved. So this is riveting. Oh, so they did sign Noah Hall. Yes, I see that. I'm I'm looking at um originally had MLB open and now I'm opening up Spotrack to look at the financials and they did 
he was him signed. like a hundred around a hundred K under slot. So like they did their savings and they spread them around to Ewing and Barrow, but I'm surprised they didn't take a little bit of a bigger swing. I can understand the argument either way, right? Yeah, There's, me too. I'm like, I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing. I'm just saying like surprised wise. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't try to get a little kind of get a little riskier to get a little more high end talent. High end quote unquote. Yep. But and I think we we as a group like have liked when they've called their shot, so to say, in the past. Like Allen hasn't worked out, but we generally liked the process there. Um Pitchers just get hurt. It happens. Um, I think there's a real argument that the information on a lot of these guys is so low and the outcomes are so uncertain that you're better off spreading things out rather than grabbing what you might think is the premier talent when in reality your information is limited and even when you know things, the outcomes are really uh, dispersed regardless. It's just kind of the, the numbers play. Um, I do not have any empirical data to back up that idea, honestly. It'd be an interesting... Uh, it feels like something you'd need to spend a lot of time just scrubbing data to... And go back the, years and years. Yeah, it'd be a giant pain, but it'd be an interesting question to ask. I also wonder if those circumstances where they did take their shot like that and then... I mean, realistically, the rest of the drafts in those years are just going to be, unless you really find someone that's going to be hard to get much out of them. Mm-hmm. When your system is as what is it, bottom five to three, I think considered globally the Mets system. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. At some yeah. point, that's not worth it because you need, as much as you would like the impact talent, you also need other talent. <laughs> you know, yep. like. Like, we, we complain about the Mets not having impact talent, but also they don't have a reliever to call up. Like, they called up Grant Hartwig, and that's it. That's the guy. And not that he's, I don't he's looked pretty good in the majors so far. Like, not going to be, a, I don't think he's going to be some all-star reliever, but he should be serviceable. But every other team calls up five of those, and the Mets just don't have them. So I think they're kind of looking at it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely valid. I understand that. If I'm... If I'm Billy Epler and I'm trying to build a bullpen and you got to sign eight veterans a year, it's just at some oh, point. At, at, and, and at some point, when Adam Adovino was really good last year, I mean, he might not be the next year. And, well, <laughs> you, know, yep. you know, like, what are you supposed to do about that? Like, they signed David Robertson and that went great, but you, got, you can't rely on signing the, that year's David Robinson five times. It's just not realistic. So according to my quick math that I did here, and I'm sure it's wrong, but that's okay. Um, the Mets saved basically $500,000 from like the the shaving off money from all the other um, players that they signed under slot. That basically gets immediately eaten up by the uh, the Barrow over slot signing. So. From the money that they need to save from White Hudipole and the money from Zach Thornton, they need to basically come up with like 200, basically $350,000. I think they can do that. Which they can very easily do that. 
And then they also get what is an extra 5% or whatever. They're able to go over 10% from their pool without getting penalized. So, I mean, they'll be able to afford everybody. But this this brings up the question now. Some of these later round guys that, you know, specifically um, John Valle, the right-handed pitcher from Jefferson High School, um, Jake Satella, who we do know has already committed, has already said he's going to be signing with the Mets, but we just don't know the financials. Uh, Gavin Jones, right-handed pitcher from White Oak High School, Texas, and Christian Little, the Vanderbilt, formerly Vanderbilt, now currently LSU pitcher. Um, Any additional money would be needed to sign these guys, presumably. And we know Christian Little has already said he's going back to LSU. So, I mean, we can cross him off that list now. So, I mean, it would come down to now Valle, Zatella, and Jones. I wonder if they took someone like Zatella knowing that Hauk wasn't going to be as expensive as they thought. Because it's not like Illinois is a crazy commit <laughs> to get out of. Yeah, yeah, no. So, like, I, I do wonder if they drafted him with that in mind already type thing, where we were looking at it as a safety, but they didn't really need a safety since Hauk was so close to slot that mm-hmm. it doesn't... It, you could kind of throw a little extra money that you that you didn't necessarily need, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like Sprout was slot too. And which shout out Scott Boris for being the most. <laughs> yeah. He's such, a, he's such a good agent. He, he gets his guy drafted by the Mets last year and he doesn't sign. And then he goes back to school and gets his degree and then gets signed by the Mets who have to pay him full slot in the second round anyway. So he literally had his cake and ate it too. I, so, I I figured he would get I think slot was like one point five whatever I figured he got at least a million but I didn't like I figured there'd be a little bit of savings there but good for him he got your you oh yeah good for him finesse the system kid like one hundred percent but um I do wonder if they drafted someone like that with and maybe even Jones and Little uh, Little so late it doesn't really matter it was like the nineteenth round but. Maybe they drafted a lot of these guys with the idea that, hey, we're going to have some money because we did so many safe senior signs. Hauk is only going to be a little over slot. We have money to to throw at these guys if we want. So I wonder if they drafted these guys with that in mind. That's, that's what felt like Barrow is for sure and Ewing, that they were like, hey, we like these guys and we could throw money at them. Yeah, I mean, if the Mets – if they were not signable, then the Mets would lose that money to to use so i mean i don't think they're going to be rolling the dice on what is the slot values here for these guys they wouldn't be rolling the dice on basically five hundred thousand dollars in ewing's case and about two hundred thousand dollars on barrow's case if they didn't think that they could get it done going into it Um, I know we discussed on the show last week John Valle and how he's probably going to be signing because he it's already July 16th and he has no uh, college commitment. And college starts like a month from now. 
give God, or take. God, that's frightening to think about. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming that he's going to be signing, but you never know. Um, little, no, excuse me, not little. Um, Jones, the the right-handed pitcher from Texas. I don't think that he is signing. Um, no, he felt not. like a, he felt like a. Yeah, I know we just said we didn't. They didn't need safety picks because of house signability, but he felt like a guy that they just took because they liked, wanted to see if they could maybe convince them. But I don't think that they're gonna have the money. I mean, who knows? Because I think we said the same thing about Zatella that we were like, oh yeah, no, this this guy has a lot of very good qualities and he's probably gonna ask for a lot more than the Mets will be able to offer, and yet. It seems like he was just interested in going pro, so maybe that's possible with Jones, but I don't know. It doesn't feel like Mets will be able to uh, have lightning strike in a bottle twice. But I feel like Satella is really... I mean, I'm happy that he's going to be signing, but I feel like he's leaving a lot of money on the table. He feels like someone that really should go to college. Yeah, um, <laughs> probably. Uh, I'm sure that's the, that was the one that was most surprising to me. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so not and not to go full conspiracy theorist, but Jefferson Dragons baseball high school's Twitter account, who John Valley plays for, okay. it might be Valle because he's Cuban. Yeah, it is. Heard the, okay, so who John Valle's got who who played for? They tweeted, excited for you to begin your professional career. I don't know if that means he's signing or they're just saying that, but tinfoil hat on. That's an interesting use of words for a Twitter account, too. Who cue, up the, cue up the Brian Windhorst <laughs> picture. <laughs> All I'm saying is he right. didn't say excited for you to get drafted. It said begin your professional career, so we'll see. All right, I need you to look to find out who who runs that account, who runs that Twitter <laughs> account. We're gonna find out who's tweeting these things. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. You just but shut yeah. it all down until we figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's uh, you know same thing with him. There's a lot with Valle to like. I feel like he's definitely a guy that would benefit from going to college even if it's a juco yeah like it, i mean he could go juco and dominate there and still get drafted those guys get drafted all the time mm-hmm. here's the thing i wonder as well do the mets struggle to convince these guys because they look at our the, the organizational track record and say what are you going to do for me i i legitimately wonder if that factors into these these decisions um, let me call this up. Zatella had something to say about that, actually, which is kind of, I thought, funny. Wait, really? Yeah. I mean, it's not nothing not horrible, not horrible, but it just made me laugh. I was like, oh, <laughs> OK. Um, oh, OK, no, it's not really that bad. He just said in in a interview with the Kane County Chronicle that um, the Mets were involved with me during the season. I felt like there were a couple of other teams that were more interested, but I'm happy with the Mets. <laughs> that, so that's not really... Bringing endorsement. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really saying that, that the Mets suck or whatever, but... 
I mean, I guess it's it's they drafted him. You have no choice, you know. That's a funny quote. Yeah, there are other teams that are more interested, but eh, I'm happy with the Mets. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you still gotta, I say, give it another, at least until the the signing deadline, which is in August, about a month or so. I mean, the Mets don't really have too many other players to. Yeah, it's almost done. And yeah, to no, sign think, in the first couple of rounds, but I don't think anyone expects like Holdapol not to sign or whatever. Yep. Are they is he, are Hodepol and Thornton seniors or rising seniors? I think they're seeing I would have to look. I don't remember off the top of my head. Neither do I. They're both uh, twenty one, so I want to say they're both juniors. I'd okay. say Hodepol. So they have some Hoda Paul's a junior, and Thornton is a junior. Okay, so they definitely have some uh, leverage. Yeah, I'd be I'd be a little disappointed if they missed out on Thornton, frankly, but yeah, not like devastated. Him. But uh, I think that was a nice little pick, and it would suck if they couldn't reel him in. Agreed. I think they'll sign him. Like. Maybe he wants to go back to Grand Canyon, but that's like not a great place to pitch. And no, <laughs> I, it could go sideways for him, and uh, with a bad season, just out of his control, really. Too, it's not like, mm. not like I'm saying he's bad or whatever. It's just that's not a great place to be a pitcher. So no. yeah, I mean, not nothing against either one of these guys, but Hodapol got drafted, you know, 123rd overall, fourth round. Thornton got selected 159 fifth round. Like the odds that if they go back to school, they get something better as seniors. Probably not. I mean, they would really have to like be insanely good. Yep. And even then it's still no guarantee. They, unless they have, you know, Scott Boris, they're going to get that Sproke contract, but unlikely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's still a little bit too early to really say, you know, this is a great draft, a good draft, a an average draft, below average draft, whatever. Um, you know, still got to wait a little bit to see if a couple of these other players sign, see if any of these post 10th round guys sign and for how much and whatever. I mean, if... You know, I, I say I would say that we are generally pretty favorable right now. Yeah, I think um, so. Mm-hmm. And and you know, a guy like you know Gavin Jones announcing that he is going to sign with the Mets, or Christian Little saying, yeah, you know what? Even though I did say I'm going to go back to school, the Mets made me an offer I can't refuse. You know, something like that could change from generally favorable to like hell yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, so, I think. I'm really have Valley uh, Valle circled and hopefully Jones signs. So that's really I I really want Little to sign, but I don't think that he he's going. Like, yeah, I, I'm 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 pretty resigned to the fact that he's not. So I'm not even really thinking about it. Uh, it doesn't make much sense for him financially. No. I was I mean uh, um to get on a little tangent here, but like doing the research into him, I don't what has gone wrong with this guy. I, I think just, it was just a bad season. Yeah, like, 
he I'm not going to say he was like a prodigy or anything like that, but, you know, he started he, he started college early as a 17 year old. Like the sky was a limit. Everyone was like, you know, this kid is going to be the next best, the, the next big thing. He's going to take over for Kumar Rocker and Jack. Yeah, Leiter. literally. He was supposed to be like a huge star and yeah. really work out for him. That's why I think he goes back. It's just, oh, absolutely. oh, yeah, absolutely. Because if he pops next year for LSU, it's he's going to not I'm not saying he's going to go Paul Skeens mode and go first overall. But like you could go from a 19th round pick to a second or third real easy with a good mm-hmm. season at a school like that. So. And, he's, yeah, and, and also to, to your point, like if he has another bad season, someone else will draft him in the 19th or 20th round again. Like there's yeah. no yeah. reason for him to sign, basically. Should I mean the Mets might draft him next year? Yeah, <laughs> and it might actually make more sense than drafting Brandon Sprout again. But you know, yeah. the... I you know any any time they do repeat signings, I am all down for that. It's it's it makes your twenty life. yeah it makes like it's like a half an hour of my life I get back. So I am I'm all I'm all for the Mets signing Christian uh drafting Christian Little again. We know that they are paying that five dollars for our Patreon. We know that they're listening. So please do it. Um, so any other quick final thoughts on the financials of all these guys? Not really that I could think of. Yeah. I've been trying to, I've been staring at a blank chorus document the last two days, trying to write up this, this calling a thesis calls, makes it sound too like more than it is. But this, this, uh, the, the, the idea that, they seem to be drafting well, and they have to take the next step now. And until they take that next step, it's it's they're, they're going to be stuck where they are. Yeah, I think they've shown a little more signs of it this year, even though the system as a whole isn't great. Like Jet's been really good recently, especially this week. Yep. Uh, Parade has been way better. Vassal's obviously popped the way he has, and that's only a few guys. That's not nothing crazy, but. It's baby steps, like, they're mm. far behind. Like, the Wilpon Mets were eons behind everyone else. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it it takes time. It also takes time, and everyone also gets better on their own. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Dodgers are going to stay stagnant, or the Rays, or whatever. Like, they will also improve. So, it's catching up, and then it's also... It's catching up to where everyone is now and then catching up to where everyone will be in two years. So it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, if you think at, if you think of just the last, let's say, 10 years, I guess, in, in baseball, in advanced baseball, cutting-edge thinking, you know, you had the exit velocity revolution in, like, 2015 – and then we realized, okay, well, exit velocity is great, but you also kind of have to pair that with launch angle. And then you had that added to it. And then you started having on the pitching side things like, uh, what the hell is it called? Low vertical approach angle and induced whatever the hell it is induced vertical break vertical induced attack vertical break. angle yep. it, All that it stuff. feels like they focused on stuff like that with the pitchers and the draft mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and i don't know if they really know how to weaponize it yet but 
it's, but it's good that we see evidence of them being like, oh, okay, this is stuff that we should do too. Yeah, and not <laughs> let's sort by his ERA, which was probably what they were doing like six years ago. So, but as like you're saying though, as good as it is that they are on the same page now, we want them to be, we want the Mets to be the next team to figure out something that everyone else is going to have to follow. Yeah, that's as the thing. Opposed, they got to catch up to them. Yeah, as opposed to the Mets being the last ones to follow everyone else which is how we got here in the first place. All right. Well, if anyone has any questions, <clears throat> comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex to Queens at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at Sad Met Season. SZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening. We are Patreon based, so if you do like our podcast or any of the other ones in the Home Run Apple Network, you can subscribe for five dollars a month. And we will be back next week. So until then, love the Mets, love the Mets. <laughs> <laughs>